Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Robert, and I'm... Oh, wait a second. Sorry, my bad. Please forgive me. Uh, I... Oh, wait. <laughs> okay, one second. You know, you really cannot be too careful... Oh, excuse me, one second. <laughs> Hi. You know, you can't be too careful. What about these crazy times that we are living in right now? My name is Robert, and uh, if uh, we've met, hi again. If we've never met, um, Dennis and Mia and Didi and I uh, began the bridge uh, years ago. And then after I felt God's calling to uh, a reassignment, uh, Dennis and Mia became the lead pastors, and um, our we're just, we just love them so much and love this church so much. This church will never, ever, ever leave our hearts. And it's just an incredible privilege to, to be able to share the word with you today on this Father's Day. I've entitled today's message, A Father's Love and the Message of Jesus, uh, for two reasons. One, I want to talk about the importance of a father's love in a person's life. It's like of critical importance. Secondly, though, I want to talk about the reality of a father's love as being the central part of the message of Jesus. As a matter of fact, I believe it's the core of what he came to communicate, the message of the love of the father. Now, as I emphasize, emphasize and talk about a father's love, I don't want it to be misconstrued in a way that uh, is like I'm minimizing a mother's love. A mother's love is well-documented, it's, uh, it's critical, it's, you know, amazing. But over the last few centuries, it seems that um, a mother's love was central to the raising of children and its presence in the home and the warmth and the beauty and the importance of it. But until the early part of the 1900s, there was very little talk or, or communication about the influence of a father's love in the raising of a child or in the creating of a home. A father's part, for the most part, was to be aloof and kind of distant, a figure whose primary responsibility was to put food on the table. That's the pop's job, and the mom's job is everything happening here. But sociologically and biblically, the role of a father, and more specifically, a father's love, has proven to be incredibly important, and crucial, and more and more writers are discovering this. Now, we don't always have the ideal Matter of fact, I don't know anybody that's really had the ideal. Few, if any, did. My parents were divorced when I was nine years of age. All four of us kids, we chose to stay with my dad, which was kind of an odd thing in those days. But my mom was very uptight and nervous, a beautiful, incredible woman. But she just had, uh, she was just wired really tight. And my dad was, he was just cool, man. He was just funny and, and warm and and just, uh, he, was, he was who we were drawn to as far as where we wanted to be. And though my mom and I remained very close until her death just a few years ago, growing up without a mom in the house was not the ideal. I didn't grow up in the ideal home, if you want to call it that. And even when they were both present, there was a lot of arguing I remember coming down the hallway as a little kid in little footy pajamas, and they're, they're talking around the dining room table just screaming at each other. And I'm telling them, stop, 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 stop. 
So just having the presence of a mom and a dad doesn't make everything all right. Sometimes the brokenness in our parents, they, they can't help it. The, the brokenness in them is so big and so undealt with that then it comes out and the children are impacted. And some of you all listening to this suffered greatly under parents whose lives were so broken and wounds were so untreated that they expressed it on you. Now, as I said, I'm not emphasizing a father's role over a mom's. They are both of vital importance. Uh, think about how best you stand. The best way to stand is on two legs, right? Now, can you stand on one leg? Sure you can. And especially if you get some help here, you have something to lean on, you can stand on one leg. Single moms are my heroes. I've seen so many incredible, courageous single moms who sacrifice everything, work untold hours, and then come home and work untold hours. And moms who have held together a family where the dad was absent. Single moms are some of my heroes. And though it is doable, ideally, you want to have two legs. It's better to have two legs, each carrying their part of the load. The ideal is of both a mom and a dad loving you and yet loving each other more than they love you. You don't want your parents loving you more than they love each other. Best thing a kid can see is parents that are crazy about each other. Loving you, loving each other, and most importantly, two parents loving God with all of their hearts. Now, that may be ideal, but few, if any, as I said, had the ideal. We all had certain measures of it, but never the ideal. But that's okay. That's what I want you to hear. God knew our need for a father's love, and he provided for it, regardless of our experience growing up. Let's talk about a father's love and the message of Jesus. Now, it's really without debate that the impact of a father on a child is huge for good or for bad. The psalmist says in Psalm 127, 3 through 5, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Now, what this picture is, is that a father can send his ch children into this world like an arrow, and he has this incredible ability to determine their trajectory, whether it's into the ground or to the clouds. God has given fathers this wonderful privilege and responsibility of leading a home and protecting his family physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Anyone can father a child, but it, being a dad, that takes a lifetime. Fathers play a role in every child's life that cannot be filled completely by others. And this role has an incredible impact in shaping the trajectory of a child's life. Let's look at a couple of these. First of all, you have fathers and emotional development. Fathers, like mothers, are pillars in the development of a child's emotional well-being. 
I mean, children look to their fathers to, to lay down the rules and, and to enforce them. You know, these days with such developing philosophies on disciplining children, I ain't talking about spanking, though I am. But I'm not talking about spanking. I'm just talking about discipline. I'm just talking about uh, uh, parents, if you want to use timeout, fine. If you want to use whatever, fine. But I'm just talking about saying this is the line. This is the fence. You don't go past this fence. Discipline. I have seen so many undisciplined children. It's, it's, it's just like rife. And here's the tragedy in that. Undisciplined children are the most miserable children there are. An undisciplined child is miserable. An undisciplined child knows that they're doing wrong. The father says, do not step across that line. And the child steps across that line and nothing happens. The child knows they've done wrong. There is a degree of guilt there. But because there is no discipline, oh, here's the iPad, go watch a movie. Because there is no discipline, the child has nothing to do with this guilt. The guilt doesn't go away. It just compounds and it, and, it, and it lives there. When there is discipline and when there are consequences to the actions, whether it be a spanking or whether it be whatever a parents would choose to use, at least the kid now has something to do with what they did wrong and then they can be free. Discipline sets us free. In our lives, discipline sets us free. An undisciplined life is a bond, a life of bondage. You, you're not disciplined in your finances, bill collectors are a bondage. You're not disciplined physically, then his illnesses and sickness are a bondage. On and on and on. Discipline sets us free. Lack of discipline throws us into bondage. And same with our children. And parents, in particular fathers, are intended to supply that strength, that, that, that place of, of security. You know, my mom was more of a disciplinarian than my father was. My dad didn't like to spank. He didn't like to bring the lumber there, baby. My mom, she, she, she was all right with spanking, and I think it, she considered it exercise. And so <clears throat> I remember one time, um, I remember this is a true story. I hate when I say this is a true story because it makes it sound like every other story I've told you is a lie. Say, oh, true, but this is really true. So this is a true story. One time. I was being terrible, man. I was being terrible, and, and my mom just got has fed up, man. I was my mom's favorite. I was the baby of the family. And so she kind of struggled sometimes with spanking me, you know, and that was a good deal for me. And she goes, wait till your father gets home. He's, I'm going to have him spank you. And I said, okay, okay. So my dad gets home from work, and, just, and my mom says, Mo, Robert has been terrible. He did that. I can't remember what I did. It must have been pretty bad. Take him into the room and spank him with the belt. My dad said, what? Spank Robert. My dad goes, but my mom was formidable. You didn't want to mess with my mom. And so he goes, okay, okay, Robert, come on. So he takes me into the room. He takes me into the bathroom. And he says, okay, look, I'm going to hit the toilet seat. When I hit the toilet seat, you scream, okay? And I said, okay, we're going to go three times. And I said, okay. He goes, bang, ay, bang, ay, bang, ay. And he goes, okay, now let's go have dinner. And come on, you got to pull this off. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So, man, I come out. <laughs> and we sit at the table. My dad sits down, picks up the paper, starts reading the paper. The other kids are there. <laughs> and so I'm acting like I'm really hurting from a spanking. Like, I, 
I'll never forget it, man. I just, <laughs> I looked up. And my mom is just staring right at me, man. She didn't buy it at all. It was, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Children want to make their fathers proud. That's why I was trying to act so well there at the table. And, and, and an involved father promotes inner growth and strength. And, and studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, man, it, it just affects the way a kid develops. It, it, it supplies the kid with a sense of well-being and self-confidence. And my dad was this for me in so many ways. Check this out. Fathers also set the bar for their children in their relationships. Uh, they, fathers not only influence who you are inside, but a relationship with a father affects how you relate to others. The way a child is, taught, is treated by his or her father is going to influence what they look for in other people, how they treat other people. The patterns that a, child, a father sets are critical. Here's something that is, that is huge and is getting more and more written about it. Fathers and their daughters. Father, young girls depend on their fathers for security and emotional support. Uh, a father shows his daughter what a good relationship with a man is like. And when a father doesn't do that, whether a father is, an, is abusive in any way or a father is distant, it, it, it affects the way a young lady is going to look for people in her life. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those qualities in a man when she's old enough to begin dating. If a father is strong and valiant, she's going to relate closely to, closely to a man of the same character. If a father is weak and abusive, a young woman will tend not to trust men or will to try to find the love she did not get from a father in man after man after man. Fathers and sons are a little different. Uh, unlike girls the, who model their relationships based on their father's character, Boys tend to model themselves after their father's character. Boys seek the approval of their father, and they want to grow up and imitate and, and, and be just like Pop. Now, <clears throat> um, all of that being said, okay, I am never going to, okay, I am, all of that being said, um, Even everyone hearing my voice right now, even as I've been talking, are you're reflecting on your relationship with your father. Some of you are looking back and saying, oh, man, I miss him so much. Some of you are looking back saying, I never want to see him again. I'm so glad he's gone. On and on and on. The impact is huge for good or for, or for bad with a father and their children. Um, Fathers are intended to supply this, this, as I said, this discipline, this, this sense of well-being. It teaches us how to have other relationships. It teaches us how we are to aspire for greatness. All of this vital role is played by a father. But studies have shown that, that regardless of race, language, gender, or culture, people respond the same way when they when they either loved by their father or unloved, rejected by their father. And it impacts the way they grow up. Now, <clears throat> this is what I want to get to. Here's something we don't often talk about. Our earthly fathers, whether they were great or whether they were horrible, 
were not intended to be the end all of our father experience. They were only intended to have direct influence for 16 or 17 years and then residual influence on the rest of our lives. At best, your earthly fathers only have you for a short time. And I believe the most important job of an earthly father is to lead us to the one who is going to be our father for eternity, our heavenly father. So whether right now you're looking and saying, I had a great dad. Well, that's great. Or whether you're saying, I had an absent or I never knew my dad or my dad was horrible, then I am so sorry for that. But neither one of those scenarios were intended to be the end all. Even the best of relationship with a father is only temporary and is, I believe, is only intended to point us towards the ultimate goal, the heavenly father. If your earthly father has been given by God, that you've been given by God, has, uh, uh, has, has been a tremendous blessing, great. If it hasn't been, then I'm sorry. But I want you to know that God has not lost control and the entire, you're not damaged goods. You are still on the exact path that every man, woman, boy, and girl is on. That God desires to bring you home to Abba Father. Now... <clears throat> A father is a temporary signpost pointing us to the heavenly father. This should be good news for all of us. We don't have to live with a what if. Oh, what if my life had been different? What if my mom hadn't brought that man into the house? What if this? What if that? What if? We don't have to live with, with a what if world. If you had a great father, great. Let him be a springboard that 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 springs you to the heavenly father who is the ultimate of all the good that you've experienced. If you had a horrible father experience, then let that be like a wall that a swimmer pushes off and then jets. Let that jet you into the arms of the father who is kind, loving, faithful, and good. Now, what did Jesus do? He came and saw people in turmoil, struggling economically, struggling with changing times. The Jews of that time were seeing the world around them change. They, they, were grow, they grew up with this world of the Jewish culture was the center of the universe. And then all of a sudden it fell into under conquerors. And by the time Jesus came along, the Jewish culture was being squeezed by a thing called Hellenization, which is the Greek thought of gods and art and culture. And so the, the Jews that Jesus came to teach, they were seeing their world squeezed out of existence they, they saw they had to deal with racism and hatred. They had to deal with the loss of national pride. And the status of the Jews had fallen century after century. And what was Jesus' message in the middle of all this turmoil? The Father. Let's look at his message, or the gospel, in three parts. And notice that the message centered on the Father. First of all, the intention for mankind was to live in fellowship with the Father. The Bible says in the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve and to live in fellowship, unbroken communion with the Father. Matter of fact, the Bible says that in the cool of the evening, Adam used to walk with God and, and fellowship together. But then Adam and Eve said, we don't want to be under his rule anymore. And they went their own way. They bought into the lie of the wicked one. 
and they introduce sin into this human experience. And this, this opening of Pandora's box, as it were, has unleashed everything you see, everything you experience in modern life has at its roots came from the rebellion. And one of the consequences was that this was going to lead to eternal separation from God. But the fact of the matter is, when you, when you look at the world today, it is a result of our choices. Because though Adam and Eve were the original sinners, every person that ever came after, including especially me, when I had a chance to vote, I voted for the rebellion. I chose to go my own way. And so I chose to step into the consequences of eternal separation from God, creating the reality of what we see today. Second part of his message says, Jesus looked around and says, you are living with the consequences of what happened in the garden. Here's the reality, Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw the world of his day like I see the world of our day, lost and confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Another time, he saw one of his followers running around like crazy, stressed out to the max. She knew Jesus, and she was stressed out to the max. And he says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What did she discover? That Jesus was there to introduce a reunification with Abba Father and a restoration to what God intended, redemption and restoration. So he's able to teach to a group of harried people, people like you and like me. He says, listen, because of the Father who loves you and cares for you, he says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, Matthew 6, 25. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add one moment to your life? And why are you worried about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Then he finishes. So don't worry about these things, what we will eat or what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God and above else live righteously, 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 and he will give you everything you need. Now, what is Jesus saying? We don't have to live in the full consequences of the fall. We can be restored into relationship with the Father. We can be set free from it positionally immediately and then experientially a little more every day. Now, <clears throat> how does this happen? First of all, we say, Father, in Jesus, I place myself in your hand. I don't understand everything that's come before. I don't, I don't understand the decisions other people made. Dude, I don't even understand the decisions I've made. I don't understand. All I know is right now, Abba Father, the Father who Jesus came to introduce me to, I place myself in your hands. Right now, wherever you are, I invite you to first of all pray this prayer on this Father's Day. Father, 
In Jesus, I place myself in your hands. And then, secondly, Father, let all that you are fill the broken and empty places in my heart and life. Lord God, bring forgiveness to bear through your Son into my life. Lord God, give me grace today to forgive, even if I need to forgive my pop today. Help me forgive others the way I've been forgiven. So first prayer, Father, in Jesus, I place myself in your hands. Secondly, Father, let all that you are fill these broken places and empty places in my heart and life. And then lastly, Shape my life, Father, to reflect your love to this planet, to my world in particular. Lord God, in the middle of all of the turmoil, in all of the difficulty, in all of the anger, in all of the righteous indignation and unrighteous indignation, in all places, in the middle of it all, Lord God, let my life reflect your life. Let my life reflect love. Let my life reflect forgiveness. Let my life reflect the justice. Let my life reflect it as you work this in me. Lord God, let this Father's Day be a day where all of us, men, women, boys, and girls, all gather into the arms of our loving Father who loves us. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for these who are hearing this message and your incredible love for every single one of them. And I pray, Lord God, that today you would fill their life, even right now, with the love of the Father that Jesus came to represent, that Jesus modeled. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. The way Jesus treated people, the way Jesus cared for the broken, the way Jesus brought forgiveness. Lord God, let that work be done in us that we, Lord God, might be a city set on a hill. We might be salt. We might be light. And then, Lord God, for these who you love so much, I pray a blessing. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you very, very much. God bless you. Have a wonderful Father's Day. And, and I pray that today you feel the embrace of your Heavenly Father who loves you more than you can ever know. God bless.